was like six years old or something where I, I remember telling my mom, like, I can't wait to die because yeah. I want to go meet Jesus. Mm. And like that weird. All right. What are we drinking today? We are going to have a lovely coffee roasted by Luna. This is from Burundi. It is a Bourbon and it is washed. Yummy. Yummy. ASMR. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. Tasty, fruity. Yummy. Today, we're talking about religion. And like our experiences with growing up religious. Yeah. And I think that's a very important thing to start off with. Like everything that we say is going to be from our own personal experience. It's all just our opinions. And uh, feel free to disagree. So when did you start being religious? (laughs) (laughs) When did Jesus first come into your life and become (sighs) your Lord and Savior? (laughs) Well, that... I had no choice in. My parents were very devout uh, Presbyterian Christians. So pretty much since the day I was born up until I want to say like age 20, I went to church at least once a week, if not two times a week, if not sometimes seven days every single day preparing for like an event yeah. or whatever. So like I I don't think I ever skipped a week. Like my parents were very very strict on that. Like Sundays we went to church. That was like a, a non-negotiable. Unless you were like sick or had the flu or something. No, I I think we still went oh, wow. to like pray. Like it didn't even cross my mind that Sundays could be something else other than like you know like going to church. And then kind of growing up in the church, I followed like there's like a pretty typical timeline of like, if you stay in the church long enough, you eventually become like the Sunday school teacher. And then you're the youth group leader. And then you become praise team leader. And then you're just like organizing a bunch of different things. And I did all of that. Yeah. Um, so like I grew up in it. I grew up in the Korean American church which I believe is like a completely different experience than like a regular church. Yeah. Because Koreans are very conservative, very clicky. And I think that kind of adds to the whole drama of it all. Kind of like, you know, I don't know why, but I feel like Korean American churches are quite a, like a, frequent trope that's like visited in media it is like korean jesus even the korean churches in in beef like it's a very like it's so weird but anyways i grew up in it and that was my kind of christian introduction Mm. how about you yeah very similar in like the from birth not really getting a choice um yeah so like church every sunday growing up um like my parents were also involved in the church as well. Like they're, my dad was a deacon and my parents were like mentoring young people in like leader programs. And then eventually like I had a mentor and youth leaders and all that, you know, shebang. Um, I remember like I was on this one special part of the um, youth group where we would not only meet every Wednesday, we would also meet at like 6 a.m. Tuesdays and Thursdays. In the morning? In the morning. What? Before school. Oh, I... <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a lot. So I was like going to church like four days a week. Like just organizing? No, like... Hosting? Those two early morning days were like just praying as a oh, group. It was like, like prayer sessions. QT, like quiet time. No, it was like communal, like gather in a circle, hold oh. hands and pray for like an hour. Damn. Okay, yeah. So you were you were in it as well. Yeah. I was probably like the token youth group kid in high school. Yeah. Like inviting everybody to come to youth group and trying to be like that outgoing um that you 
youth group leader. Yeah. yeah. I remember having an experience when I was like six years old or something where I, I remember telling my mom, like, I can't wait to die because yeah. I want to go meet Jesus. And like that weird, yeah, like really culty kind of like <laughs> a little bit. And then after high school, I ended up going to Bible college in New Zealand for six months. Mm. What was um, the program again? So it was like a six month kind of um, dorm room stay. So it was very um, like intensive Bible school, but it wasn't like towards any proper like theology degree. It was it was like oh. a certificate. Okay, so you weren't like majoring in like... No, it was like everybody's doing the same classes. They're bringing in speakers. They're talking gotcha. about certain things. And it was like, um, yeah, trying to like differentiate different things about it. It's like, it's kind of like the thing that people go to if they're like, they're not sure. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, because a lot of people that go to church don't go to Bible college. Like, no. So both our upbringings were quite intense like we weren't just the easter christmas christians we were there multiple times a week like it was fully our lives and i think when you start something so young it's difficult to say how much of that was kind of like our own volition i think discovering my own queerness um really made me not want to be a part of christianity anymore um just because of the way that you know, like certain things have been said growing up or like, you know, homophobic kind of um, themes. Yeah. I don't even know if in the Korean church it was actually blatantly said. Like, I don't know if the term gay or homosexual was actually ever used. Like, I think Koreans, a little background uh, story, are very conservative when it comes to like, you know, culturally. Um so when you tack that on on top of the church, it just becomes this like extra conservative. I, I felt like it was even shameful to bring it up to say that it is a sin because like, why would you even think about that? I don't know if it was discussed within my church, yeah, but it was definitely discussed within my household. Oh. Yeah. So like, I remember there was, I can't remember which person said this, but like somebody, somebody was bisexual. Yeah. And I remember distinctly my mom saying, like being so mad, we're driving in the car and she's like, you can't just do that. You can't just flip flop back and forth and right. which one. Yeah. I remember we were watching like The Amazing Race and there's a queer character. Yeah. Like turn off no more, like not watching the rest of the season. I think the first time I heard about queerness coming out of like my parents' mouth was when they were talking about another pastor from another Korean church who said, you can be queer and be Christian. And my parents were saying how, oh, yeah, you can't go to every single church because some churches are corrupt. And, you know, there's this Korean church in Edmonton that's saying these things are okay, and it's not. And I think when she said that, that kind of really um, snowballed into, well, what if I came out? Like, what would you say kind of yeah. thing? So, like, at that point, you were just like, I'm done with religion. No, I no? don't know. How do you feel about it now? I feel I feel neutral to it. Like, I'm not bitter in a sense. Um, you know, it's just the way I grew up. And I'm, you know, I can't be hateful towards my parents or spite them because that's how they were raised. And they truly believed that going to church and, you know, raising me as a Christian was the best thing that they could have done for me. But I have, like, no resentment towards it. Like, I think no. there are definitely solid good values that religion and Christianity teaches. Mm -hmm. 
but at the same time, you know, you can't just pick and choose what you agree with yeah. and what you don't agree with. So from that standpoint, I'm out. Like everybody who is in religion is going to be like, what makes sense to me and what makes sense to my life? Yeah. And yeah, it's just like, it doesn't make sense how people are able to pick and choose to me. Or there's a ton of people that know what the Bible is saying, but then, you know, blatantly kind of steer away from that. Like soaking. <laughs> if you don't know what soaking is, okay. it's, I believe, popular within the Mormon church. Um, and it's kind of like a loophole to have sex. So clearly people are fine with kind of picking, choosing what they want to believe with and, yeah. you know, being self-righteous in their own way, which, you know, if that works for you, you do you. But yeah. at a certain point, it hurts other people and other groups um, especially if they're not white Christians. Yeah. So that's where I have a problem with it. One thing I really have a problem with that I've recognized in myself is kind of like using the Jesus will forgive me and my sins are clean as an excuse or as a justification for not directly looking at the things in my life that I needed to solve or fix. Right. And I'm like, I remember just like praying a lot and being like, Oh, Jesus, fix this part of me. But yeah. am I actively doing anything to fix that part of me? Not at all. Mm -hmm. I'm just looking for outside intervention to solve the problems that I'm not doing. Like, I mean, for a lot of people, religion is a form of like escapism where they're able to kind of, you know, externalize some of the issues that's going on um, in their lives. And honestly, if that works for you, you do you. Yeah. Like if religion is helping you out in certain situations, that's great. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like we were talking about before, if it's coming at the cost of harm to another group, that's pretty fucked up. I think I'm a lot more bitter to religion yeah. than you are. And I kind of view it as children cannot consent to the threat of hell. Like they cannot consent to the threat of like eternity and in fire and brimstone. So I'm like, in that upbringing that I had and like the fear mongering that comes along with religion, that's where I also view like this is hurting communities. This yeah. is like hurting people. Religion does have a lot of really great benefits to it. And it can be like a really good social thing for like community. It can help build like strong morals and you know, people can be brought up with like good intentions. I think that that's only useful if like you can consent to it. Right. That's true. So how would you say that affected you in terms of your self-discovery with your queerness? Um, I was never really allowing myself to consider any part of myself outside of religion. Yeah. So I remember having experiences growing up where I could probably look back and pinpoint and be like, oh, that was a potentially gay experience or like that was something that, you know, I was interested in as a queer person. But denying myself that fact because I will not allow myself to be queer. I will not yeah. allow myself to be anything but a good Christian man. Yeah. So you didn't even like allow yourself to think anything I was queer. so blockaded. Yeah. I was like completely brainwashed. Like I was not able to accept possibilities of me being queer. Gotcha. Because that's different from my story because I felt like I understood that parts of me were queer and there was this like immense guilt that came with that. So, you know, just like praying and praying and praying and, you know, trying to 
pray the gay away. So for me, it wasn't necessarily about detaching myself from that aspect of my life, but more so trying to fix it mm. um, when obviously it's not really something to fix or need to fix. But obviously like growing up within the church, that's kind of how you think about it. You hear about like conversion therapy and blah, blah, blah. But definitely as I got older and kind of started experimenting more, I just felt that this is just a part of my identity. You know, when I was still within the church, I kind of shifted my mindset from this part of me is a sin to God created me this way. Um, And I think that really helped me kind of just continue to be myself Mm -hmm. um, and not necessarily be so hard on myself all the time, 24 seven, because it definitely was like that for the first little bit, yeah. for the lo- first lot of bit. Yes. And I think it took a lot of time to really come to that conclusion of like, this is who I am and this is who I was made to be. And there's nothing wrong with that. So I think by me coming to that conclusion is probably why I have less resentment towards religion. And I think I probably just have more because I feel so manipulated and... Um, like I was never able to make my own decision and I was never able to like experience life to the capacity that I would like. And even I look back um, and I'm trying to unlearn certain aspects that I grew up with, but Mm -hmm. I don't think it's ever possible to fully unlearn everything. Yeah. Um, Especially if that was your entire life for the first 20 years of your life where you are the most malleable as a human, um, I don't think it's ever unlearnable. You can no. identify certain kind of triggers or maybe think, oh, why am I thinking this way? It's because I grew up, you know, Christian. Yeah. And I think by being able to identify certain aspects that you can kind of work towards figuring things out, but I don't think it's ever something we can truly unlearn because it's so like indoctrinated in us. Yeah. And that's frustrating at the same time. It still made us who we were today. And at the same time, like it's also kind of freeing. Like you spend 20 years with like these restrictions and limitations on how you can live your life and how you can proceed. And then from there you really feel free. And like you feel that freeness more than if you grew up without it. All right. So we got a ton of questions on Instagram regarding this topic. So was it a hard decision walking away from your faith and following a path of self-discovery? I think it was very difficult and we had to have a little bit of courage in that aspect. But by moving to Vancouver, we separate ourselves from the community that's so impactful in a Christian setting. Yeah. Um, so we had a little bit of a head start. Yeah. Having that physical separation, I think really, really helps. It's... Another story, when you're in the same town and you're in the same city, you have people constantly reaching out, hey, let's go to church next week, blah, blah, blah. But when you're in a different city, that's completely cut off. Yeah. So you really would have to make an effort to find a community here and really be accepted into it. I think for me, there wasn't like a hard decision where I said, okay, from this day forward, I'm no longer a Christian. For me, it was definitely gradual. I think near the end of my, you know, Christian experience, I definitely was questioning everything a lot more. I was like, okay, well, why this? Like, why this? Well, if you're thinking like this, other people can also think like this 
and it be true as well. So, so I think asking more and more questions and just, you know, coupled with the fact that I moved out, I didn't necessarily have that, you know, social restraint for me to go every single week. Um, moving to Vancouver, then the pandemic, I think really kind of solidified. But yeah, for me, it was definitely like a, a gradual tail off. For me, it was more of a hard stop. When I first moved here, I really tried to keep my faith alive and found a church and, you know, did the whole thing for probably like three or four months. And then I just remember getting really sloppy drunk one night and questioning my entire existence. Then like crying in a bathtub at a party just like, what am I doing? God doesn't love me anymore, whatever. (laughs) And then after that, like I did maybe a week of like reading my Bible quiet time, whatever. And I was like, this is it. I'm done. And I like, from that point, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Was you getting sloppy drunk because of your identity crisis? It was. It was complete, like, it was completely, who am I? Is this my own? How come I don't want this? And then I was just like, like so much guilt and overwhelming guilt. And I was like one of the most drunk times I've ever been. How did growing up religious affect the way you view or viewed queerness? Mm, I think I was a bit hostile to queer people growing Mm -hmm. up just because, you know, a big part of me didn't understand, didn't um, allow myself to experience my own queerness. And I think there was probably bitterness of, being allowed to experience that part of their life that I never recognized. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I I probably was not the most friendly person to queer peoples. I would agree. I would say anytime you don't fully understand what's going on, especially if if you've been taught at such a young age that this is wrong and that it's a sin, Mm -hmm. there is no way that you can truly, you know, love this group of other at that time it felt like are either of you still religious or have you walked away from it since coming out i'm pretty far away from it i'm pretty like anti-organized religion now i'd say i'm not anti-organized religion but i wouldn't say i'm christian yeah like you i think you would like still accept the possibility of jesus if it happened it happens but at this current time it's not happening uh, but I'm not anti-religion, whereas you are... I just really don't like organized religion. Maybe it's not the religion that's homophobic, but the people that preach it. I try to be at peace with that. I can't, I disagree with that so much. Because if this religion is a safe haven for people who are homophobic, what does that tell you about the religion? Like if all these homophobic people gather underneath one flag or one cross, yeah, the cross is going to be synonymous with homophobia. Right. I do agree that, you know, at the majority of the time, it's the people that are corrupt. Like the people that are doing the corruption. And even when you take a look at, you know, Korean churches, there's so much backtalk and gossip. And I remember when I came out to my parents, you know, it took them a while for them to cool off and understand. But one of the main things that they said was, that's okay. Just don't tell anyone else. Like, don't act on it. And that just kind of shows that, like, it's more of a social thing. It's more of a people to people thing rather than a religious thing at that point. It's more of a shame thing. And I shared the story on like a TikTok. But, you know, after I came out, the people at our church 
when they were asking about, you know, how are your kids doing? They would always ask about how my little brother is doing, but they would never ask about how I was doing, which is weird because if you're going to ask my mom about how the kids are doing, ask about both kids and not one of them. But they would just like pretend that I never existed. Not necessarily because homosexuality is a sin, I think, but because it would be shameful of them to bring that up. Yeah, it would be shameful of them to like put them on the spot and talk about your queerness. Exactly. Whereas like my parents are definitely a lot more understanding and comfortable now. So I don't think they'll have an issue with other people bringing it up. Mm. But I think for other people, they feel that it would be shameful. Yeah. So it's just like this whole, yeah, people issue. It's, It's not a religious issue a lot of the times, but people make it worse, I think. Did your parents even ask if you were gay growing up? Yes. Mine never did. Mine did. What did they say? When? I just multiple times. My dad asked. Really? Yeah. You were a fruity kid though. That's that's not That's what your mom said. No, I no, she didn't say that. Oh really? Oh yeah, I did have a limp wrist, but I wasn't a fruity kid. She told me to stop doing that because I'll look like a fruit. I mean, there's nothing wrong with a fruity kid. I, the the way you responded to that was so defensive. Still have things to read. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> What's wrong with being a fruity kid? Nothing wrong with it. Um, I think the reason why my parents <laughs> didn't ask. <laughs> why, did you, why did you get so defensive? I don't know. It's, it's, For me, my parents never asked because maybe maybe they knew. You know how they say like all parents know when their kid is gay? Maybe they knew, but they just didn't want to acknowledge it or even, you know, bother asking that question. Will you be raising your kids religious? No. No. (laughs) Yeah, Not at all. We talked about this before. I think, you know, they are able to choose whatever they want to do. If they want to become religious later on in life because they think it's interesting and something that they resonate with, sure, we would be more than happy to kind of help facilitate that. Um, but not from birth. We're not baptizing them. No. First thing they ever born. No. If they die before they find Jesus, that's on them. They're lost. Yeah. That might be a battle once it comes to it, just because of my Yeah. Taste. Would you actively steer them away from religion? I might. I wouldn't. I... I don't know. I just like, that's not something I value. It's something that I really disvalue. Yeah. But at the same time. And like, it is their own decision. And I'm like, I would give my opinion, but I'd be like, it's your decision. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to explain my experience. Yeah. And why I don't like it. If you want to make up your own mind, 100%, you can make up your own mind. That is completely fine. And I think that's something I wish more of our parents' generation did is like provide a reasoning why you want us to do this. Like an actual good, like deep, deep reason yeah. on why it's important. Not as like, this is the only way I grew up. My my Mimas grew up with this. You have to grow up like this too. But like, but why? And like, I think our parents' generation is very much like, well, this is truth. And it's like, that means nothing to me. So yeah, we'll let the kid choose. Obviously, we'll offer our inputs based on our own experiences. Yeah. And they can make their own decision. Yeah. I'm not going to drive them to church. They can catch the bus. I'll drive them to church. If they want to You can drive them to church. <laughs> With that being said, I think that's the end of this discussion for now. Yeah. Keep in mind, everything that we talked about was 
purely based on our personal experiences. If you guys have different experiences, comment them down below. I'm sure, you know, everyone experience is going to be different. Um, and I think it'll be interesting to hear other people's thoughts. Absolutely. With that being said, thank you guys for watching and remember to be less shitty. Bye. Bye. I do have to say church songs, they hit different. My chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior has ransomed.